2: welcome to the Opsense Report's first quarter of fiscal year 2022 financial results conference call. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal conference specialists by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Please note this event is being recorded i will now like to turn the conference over to Robert Bloom with Liftham Partners. Please go ahead.
3: All right. Thank you very much, Anthony, and thank you all for joining us today, as Anthony mentioned, for the Opsense First Quarter Fiscal Year 2022 conference call. This is for the period ending November 30th, 2021. With us on the call representing the company today are Louis Laflemme, Opsense President, Chief Executive Officer, and Robin Villeneuve, Opsense Chief Financial Officer. At the conclusion of today's prepared remarks, we will open the call for a question-and-answer session. Before we begin, though, with those prepared remarks, just a couple of comments. Today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected, and the company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information about these risks and uncertainties are included in the company's filings, as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which you can find on CEDAR and the Opsense website. Today's discussion will also include adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. These should be considered as a supplement to and not a substitute for IFRS financial measures. Finally, today's event is being recorded and will be available for replay through both the webcast and conference call dial-in information provided in the press release. With that said, let me turn the call over to Louis LeFlam, President, Chief Executive Officer for Opsense. Louis, please proceed.
4: Thank you, Robert, and good morning to all of you. We are excited to speak with you today, again, to discuss the development within the business. Let me also take a minute to greet the French-speaking audience. Bonjour et bienvenue à notre uh, conférence téléphonique pour le premier trimestre 2022. Merci beaucoup de vous être à nous aujourd'hui. Let's move into the highlights. On the commercialization side of our business, particularly the coronary artery disease, or FFR, and DPR sales, we continue to see strong commercial potential for our products, despite the recent slowdown in the overall Hospital related procedure that we talked about last quarter due to the uh, reallocation of resources within these hospitals towards COVID focused activities. In addition to the COVID impact on procedure, we also had a negative $400,000 impact on exchange rates, which negatively impacted our revenue growth. We are optimistic. That the second half of fiscal year 2022 will show resumption in revenue growth. On the development side of our business, we remain full speed ahead and on track for an anticipated approval in the second half of 2022 for our next generation medical guide wire, which we are calling Savvy Wire. The guide wire is designed and developed. For transcatheter aortic valve replacement or TAVR procedures. As a reminder to those new to the company, this is one of the fastest growing segments within cardiology, with the market expected to reach 8 billion by 2025. In November, we completed the necessary 20-patient in-man clinical safety and efficacy study util- utilizing the CyberU. Survey- water, with all patients successfully treated without any adverse effects. As a result, we submitted our clinical package for 510K clearance to the U.S. FDA at the end of December 2021. We also submitted for approval with Health Canada in December 2021. This was clearly a significant milestone for the team here at Austin. I will expand upon this more in a moment, but we are now closer than ever to entering the massive TAVR market with what we believe is the industry's most innovative ancillary product that will drive future revenue and strategic value for us. Another key development this quarter is that we prepaid the entire balance of the term loan in the amount of $5.8 million, which will provide an annualized interest savings of approximately $250,000. Following the prepayment, we continue to maintain a very strong balance sheet with more than $32 million in cash at the end of November. So, with that as a high-level overview, let's jump into more specifics. Starting with the afterwater, sales within our coronary artery disease business, or what we refer to as FFR and DPR, were 4.9 million during the first quarter, a decrease of 7% compared to 5.3 million in the year ago quarter. As I mentioned, a negative exchange rate impact of 400,000 and the continued impact of COVID on industry wide procedure volumes negatively impacted our coronary growth. As we talked about last quarter, particularly in the U.S. market, there were impacts on the number of procedures in the hospitals due to the Delta variant wave that came through in our fourth quarter, and subsequently there were staffing challenges impacting certain procedures. The levels of procedures did improve for November, ending first quarter, but not at what I would call normalized levels. Overall, our sales in the U.S. were down 17% compared to the year-ago first quarter. We are expecting a similar set of circumstances in the second quarter due to the Omicron variant, which could impact procedure volume. While this is not unique to absence, and has impacted the overall industry, we are maintaining our focus on driving continued long-term adoption of a across the world with a number of key initiatives, including the continued addition of new customers through direct sales while capitalizing on our GPO contracts. As we have discussed, working with hospital systems and GPOs has been a key initiative, and we are optimistic about the progress made to drive market acceptance in the U.S. While still a relatively small amount, average quarterly unit sales to GPO grew 23% since we started with the new GPO account in Q2 2021. We opened seven new accounts during Q1 2022 and have a commitment for an additional six accounts in Q2, 2022. We are also planning to double the size of the sales team in the U.S. over the next six months. We currently are at approximately 10 uh, territory managers and expect to be at 20 to 25 later this year. We believe the U.S. is an important market for us, and are focused on driving continued growth, which should be bolstered by a return to more normalized hospital procedure levels. Outside the U.S., Canada was up 22% compared to the year-ago period. While the impact in Canada from COVID is similar to that of the U.S., Absence was recently awarded a multi-year contract as the main coronary pressure guide for the eastern part of the province of Quebec, which has been a nice growth driver for Opsons. Sales in EMEA were up 10%, and Japan was also down. Overall, while we had some challenges during the quarter and less than optimal procedure volumes, we remain focused on growing afterwater on a go forward basis, which should be aided by a return to normalized procedure volume, which hopefully is soon. Transitioning to our business partnership for a moment, where several companies are integrating absent sensors into their products used in medical applications, including Abiyamed's integration of our pressure sensor into their Impella pump. Sales to OEM were $2.4 million, an historical quarterly high, in Q1 2022, compared to $2 million in Q1 2021. This is consistent with our expectations given the large majority of this revenue is associated to AvianEd under a long term supply agreement. Let's now transition to our industrial segment. For the quarter, revenue was approximately $700,000 compared to $1 million in the year ago quarter and $700,000 in Q4 2021. As expected, Q1 2022 revenue was down due to the lumpy nature of the industrial business. As a reminder, our industrial segment leveraged our optical technology and knowledge through our only-owned subsidiary called Opson Solutions, offering key solutions in optical temperature, pressure, strain, and other critical parameters for various industries, including aerospace, nuclear, and power electronics. Similar to what I mentioned during our year-end call, the long-term opportunity in this segment continues to get more attractive, as we are working on an increasing number of potentially significant projects where options proprietary sensing components could be integrated into these critical projects. This includes the international Eureka Network project, where Opson and our partners are developing an optical fuel monitoring system for aerospace application based on Opson solution patented fiber optic technology. The other key project is the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER, project, which is the world's largest nuclear fusion and scientific experiment project currently under construction in southern France. As a reminder, Opsons was selected to supply our customer with fiber optic absolute and differential pressure sensors that will provide critical information for accurate monitoring of their cryogenic valve boxes. In total, it is anticipated that there will be a large number of sensors at different phases of the ITER project for which Obsense Sensing Technology would be applicable for this important project. The team at Obsense Solution continues to do a great job, and I look forward to the continued leveraging of our uh, proprietary optical technology to a wide variety of commercial applications. With that overview on our commercial base operation, let's jump into our lead development program for Taver. As I mentioned earlier in the call, we completed the necessary 20-patient in man clinical study utilizing the Savvy water in November. And in December, we submitted our package for 510 clearance to the US FDA. We also submitted for approval with Health Canada in December as well. To those newer to the company, the Savvy Wire is our new intelligent, pre shaped structural guide wire, which integrated, uh, with integrated pressure monitoring, aim at improving procedural efficiency and clinical outcomes by allowing multiple steps over the same device without exchange. The device has been designed to support the minimalist TAVR approach, which has, been, which has been growing among structural art physicians. With the savvy Water, physicians can expect to diagnose and implant the valve over the same device while getting continuous and accurate hemodynamic measurements. The introduction of this novel and advanced Guide wire that has the ability to both deliver the valve while allowing pressure measurement during the procedure is considered to be a significant benefit to the medical community, especially given the rapid growth in TAVR procedures. So, with the submissions now behind us, we we'll look forward to the responses from the various groups, and are confident we will be looking at approval in end of the summer or beginning of the fall of this year for the U.S. market. We are also leveraging the recent positive data that was presented at the TCT 2021 annual meeting held in uh, November, where Savvy Warrior was featured in four presentations by leading medical specialists, including doctor Philip General international cardiologist, world-renowned for his innovative research and director of the Structural Art Program at Morristown Medical Center in New Jersey, who presented for the first time clinical data validating the robustness of the Opsons wire algorithm in assessing pressure gradient before and after TAVR procedure compared to different diagnostic modalities. Next, Dr. Joseph Radais Gabo at the Quebec Art and Lawn Institute in Quebec City, reported on his experience with Austin Sawater as one of the lead investigators conducting our first in man study. Finally, Dr. Thomas Moodin from She Bordeaux from France, and Dr. Emma Gada from UPMC Pinnacle, Pennsylvania in the US and Dr. Reda Ibrahim from Montreal Art Institute in Canada joined Dr. Geneva in a panel to discuss the future of TAVR hemodynamics brought on by Austin Saviwater. The discussion focused on current unmet needs in the field of structural art interventions, especially related to the need for a more efficient, safe, and optimal way to assess procedural results during TAVR, and the unique solution the Austin Savvy Warrior provides for these important medical procedures. We are honored these world-renowned cardiologists have presented and discussed the positive clinical data regarding the performance of our new Savvy Warrior. As a reminder, both Dr. Rodai Cabo and Ibrahim were also primary investigators in our first month study, the data from the PCT meeting has certainly increased the awareness and interest in our new TAVR product, which should bode well as we look to commercially launch the product later this year pending regulatory approvals. Before I turn it over to Robin for a more detailed review of the financials, let me quickly summarize. We were it with a few negative revenue variances and COVID-impacted procedure volumes. Despite the situation, we have been continuing to increase our customer base to prepare for growth during fiscal year 2022. Despite these near-term items, we remain focused on investing in the growth of the optowire business with a plan to more than double the direct sales efforts in the U.S. Later this year, and continuing to leverage key industry relationships, our industrial team continues to do a great job as we gear up for some exciting projects in the coming years. We completed our first-in-man study for Taver and filed our 501 submission with the US FDA and with Health Canada as well, positioning us to remain on track to commercialize our disruptive new technology later this calendar year. And finally, our balance sheet remains strong, allowing us to deploy resources to accelerate sales and marketing activities while increasing R&D investments to further capitalize on business opportunities ahead of us. I want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication especially in the face of less-than-ideal conditions we all face on a day-to-day basis. We have accomplished a number of very important milestones and developments, which I believe sets the foundation for long-term success for Opsi. Let me now turn the call over to Robin for a further review of the financial results. Robin? Thank
5: you, Louis. And thanks to everyone joining us on the call. As we hit on a few of these items, I will try to add some additional details where I can. The company reported sales of 8.1 million during the first quarter. This was broken down as 4.9 million in our coronary artery disease lines of business, 2.4 million in our optical medical system, which is mainly our agreement with Abiomed for integration of our pressure sensor into their Ampelah pump, and $700,000 in our industrial or absence solution segment. A few keynotes. As we stated, procedure volumes, while improved in the November quarter compared to August, are still not at normalized levels and may yet again be impacted from the recent or micron variant for the current February ending quarter. We are monitoring procedure levels actively. Our option solution business continues to see an increase in orders. However, we do not have clarity on timing, particularly as it relates to the larger projects we mentioned. Our OEM revenues should maintain constant growth with normal variability and finally similar to what i mentioned last quarter because the company's revenues are generated in u.s dollars canadian dollars euros and british pounds fluctuation in the exchange rate affect revenues for the three-month period ending november 30th 2021 revenues were negatively affected by about $400,000 $400,000 compared to the same period last year. When you look at gross margin, mainly due by negative exchange rate impact, margins were 51% in Q1 2022 compared to 56 last year. We continue to believe we will see year-over-year increase in gross margin percentage due to higher sales volume and the related economies of scale combined with and hence productivity. From an operating expenses standpoint, as planned, overall operating expenses increased by 1.7 million during the first quarter of fiscal 2022 compared to the first quarter of fiscal 21. The increase is largely explained by our investments in sales and marketing as we are ramping up our sales efforts to continue growing market share in the US, along with increases in our general and administrative costs pertaining to higher headcount and professional fees. As we explained, we are making additional investments in sales and marketing and research and development over the coming quarters to capitalize on the opportunities we have to accelerate growth Up the wire and development of our savvy water. As a reminder, the company received $500,000 grant from the Canadian government during Q1 2021, which was not received in Q1 2022. EBITDA, which we define as net income loss plus financial expenses, depreciation of PP&E and right of use assets, amortization of and tangible assets and stock based compensation costs was a negative 1.1 million in the first quarter of twenty two compared to a positive one point three million in the first quarter of twenty one. The decrease is mainly due to higher sales and marketing and administrative expenses and a higher amount of Canadian grants received last year. Looking at net income, we are reporting a net loss of $2.1 million in the first quarter of 2022, compared with a net income of $600,000 in the year-ago first quarter. The net loss is due to our investment to capitalize on business opportunities with additional spending in sales and marketing, R&D, and others for operating expenses, increasing $1.7 million as I mentioned. We also had a $500,000 Canadian grant last year, which was not recognized in this year's first quarter. Finally, on the balance sheet, we ended November with $32 million of cash and cash equivalents. And as we mentioned, in September 2021, the company prepaid the entire balance of the term loan in the amount of $5.8 million, which will provide an annualized interest savings of approximately $250,000. With that, I will turn the call over to Louis.
4: Thank you, Robin. So, thank you to all our investors for their continued interest and support of Opsens. We are working hard every day to capitalize on the opportunities ahead of us to position Opsens for long-term success. Operator. Let me now turn the call over to any question.
2: We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than 1 on your telephone keypad. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star than 2. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question comes from Raul Sarugaser with Raymond James. You may go
6: ahead. Uh, good morning, Louis and Rabanne. Thanks so much for, for taking our questions. Uh, just a good morning, Raoul. Thank, yeah, good morning. So, just a quick housekeeping question to start with. Um, we noticed that there's been a little uptick in, in GNA as well as R&D. I'm assuming the R&D was because of a clinical trial that's now complete. Could you give us a little more sense in terms of how you know those upticks and how do you how do we how should we be thinking about those uh going forward uh robin you you
4: may think the the details but uh at high level uh, i mean we uh, for r and d this is uh, in line with our uh, expectations and plans for uh for administrative costs i mean usually uh i mean it's Based on the accounting rules, uh, we get the, the full expense for the audit of the financial statement in, in the first quarter. So it's having some uh, impact uh, when you compare this with uh, with Q4. But and we we have worked uh, different uh, different projects for the, the long term that may have generated a little bit more uh, legal cost. Uh, but overall, the, the structure has not uh, has not materially changed from. Uh, what we add uh, in 2021 from an administrative standpoint, and we expect this to uh, to continue over 2000 over, over the fiscal year 2022. Uh, Robin, is there any additional detail you you would like to provide on this?
5: No, no. I think uh, you, uh, you you completed uh, the, the all all the
6: detail. Great, great. Thanks, Mr. Evans. So now turning to FFR. Uh, it's great. It's good to. It's good to hear that uh, there's been an additional seven accounts opened, um, and that you're building up the sales team. Um, you know, so how should we be thinking about this translating into revenue going forward? And also, you know, will the sales team be primarily focused on far uh, and or Taver? And and how should we be thinking about those timelines? Okay.
4: Uh, well, first uh, the the strategy that we have is that the sales team the the territory manager will sell both products. so uh, we we think there is great synergy because we are talking about i mean the same cat labs uh, uh, often the, the same doctors so uh they they will be uh, focusing on both uh and uh, you know, from a timing standpoint, obviously, for the uh, before the end of the summer or the beginning of the fall, uh, we don't expect the salivary to be approved. So, in that context, they, they will focus on uh, on the up water. Uh, and, and I mean, we, as I mentioned uh, today, we are developing accounts. Uh, we uh, Somehow, we, we were hoping for uh, more revenues. Uh, the, the the volume in general in the hospital and the, the shortage and personnel, uh, all, all those COVID-related impact did not help. To your question, when you say, okay, how should we see this about uh, from a, a revenue standpoint from uh, for the rest of the year? Uh, we we still expect that uh, Q2. Uh, will suffer from a, a volume standpoint. I mean, if we if we look so far, uh, in, you, you all know that uh, uh, the Kram, uh had a, an impact uh, in general on on procedures that uh, even are, are going beyond what we call uh, elective procedure. Uh, and and if I I remind everybody, in the case of our FFR business. Uh, there there is some cases that are elected uh, that is there is some that are not uh historically uh you know COVID had some impact but but right now we we saw a a stronger impact just because of the shortage of personnel in the cat lab but coming to your question i mean we uh, we expect q2 somehow to suffer uh, for those conditions still i mean that, you know, we, we expect to maintain the revenue at the, a, a significant level, but it, it's not going to show the growth that we had historically. When we look for uh, Q2 and uh, Q3 and Q4, uh, we think we are uh, we are doing the right thing. We are developing customers, uh, so in that context, we uh, we expect to find uh, growth at a, a more usual level uh, in those quarters. And, and this response was referring to the, the coronary artery uh, disease uh, revenues. Uh, when we look to the uh, OEM business, uh, this is a, a different dynamic. Where uh, you know th- there is some customers that are that are impacted. Uh, this being said, uh, we we expect to uh, uh, to see uh, growth in, in revenues in this business uh, through the, the year. And and, I mean, uh, when you look to the uh, OEM business, where we have, you know, a a large group of customers, very strong customers that are uh, leaders in in their application, Uh, it was an historical uh, record for Q1 2022, Uh, and we can expect that. Q2 and, and the, the second half of, of 2022 should also go in that direction. And, and the, the just one last point on, on the industrial uh, business, and, and I mean it's it, it, it's quite impressive what we we see, but we uh, um, you know we do uh, we do see a, a good uh, good uh, volume of. The new orders that are coming in, so uh, we uh, we expect to do fairly well uh, for for that business unit.
6: Great, that's that's very helpful, Louis. Thank you very much. And one just last one last question: um, We had anticipated uh, response from Health likely in Q2, FDA Q3. Are those do you still expect that those are those timelines are maintained? And you may not be able to answer this last question, but you'll know, ask it anyway. You know, is there anything you're able to share around sort of MA and a partnership interest uh, in in the TAVR program?
4: Okay. Well, uh, two two components in your question. So, from a, a regulatory standpoint, uh, uh, let's say we uh, so far uh, right after filing, uh, th- there was those uh, initial uh, screening steps that. Uh, we, we think we uh, we, we met uh, the the expectation, the request rapidly. So, uh, in that context, we feel that uh, the, the progress from a, a regulatory standpoint uh, has been very good between the, the last conference call and, and today. So, we are very glad about this. Uh, from a, a partnership standpoint, so uh, j- just to complete on the uh, the to the regulatory plan uh I mean there there would be uh, some interaction uh with the authorities. When we uh we built the, the, the timeline, there, there was you know assumption that there would be a certain uh, number of round of questions. And and this is a bit difficult to uh, to predict. Uh so but the, the message there is that uh we we think in the in the timeline that we gave, uh, we have you know appropriate. Uh, uh, let's say we we were conservative and reasonable with the uh, real expected timeline where we can get the approval. It, it you know it could be faster, but it could be uh, it could take longer. But we think what we are giving to you today is really uh, you know our our best estimate. And, and from a, a partnership standpoint. Uh, what, what I can say at high level is that you know the TCT event was uh, was really impactful. Um, it it, it generates uh, you know various uh, inbounds or, or you know to to us. Um, you know the the, the commercialization plan uh, remains to, uh, to 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 the wire in in, uh, in our portfolio, and to drive this uh, commercialization with our existing sales channels, being uh, the direct sales force in North America, and uh, the sales channels with distributors that we have in in Europe and Japan. Uh, you know the, the company will assess uh, uh, other opportunities uh, if they come, but but right now I would say. Uh, Despite the uh,
6: uh,
4: real interest, we we still believe that the the plan A is is what we will execute.
6: Great. Thanks very much, uh, Louis Robbin. Wishing you the best of luck with Q2, and we'll get back in the queue.
4: Thank you.
1: Our next question comes from Justin Keywood with Stifu. You may go ahead.
7: All right. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Just had some follow up questions on uh, the opening comments on the uh, procedures expected to return to normal. Is there not a larger backlog that's building here? I assume these procedures are just being deferred, uh, not canceled. So it, when these procedures do return, would there be uh, an acceleration of growth? Uh, it's
4: a, Justin, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, obviously the, the patients that were uh, expecting to have a procedure and, and they got a cancellation, uh, they don't feel any better uh, after. Uh, this being said, uh, I, I think that uh, the capacity of the uh, hospital uh, may, may be a, a limiting factor where uh, they, they won't be able to catch up over uh, you know uh, a month or two. So uh, yes, the, there is a backlog of patients and we expect this, that, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the the backlog will, will decrease uh, over time, but we don't expect this to happen in, in one quarter. Okay. And uh, to be
7: clear, the return to growth, that's expected are around Q3, fiscal Q3? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's helpful. And then on the sales and uh, marketing expenses, uh, increasing uh, the team from 10 to 20 to 25 uh, reps, if I heard correctly. Uh, what's the expected ROI on this investment as far as new
4: uh, sales levels that could be achieved? Uh, I mean, we, we are not ready to share with the street the uh, ROI that we uh, we expect. Uh, this being said, what we can say is that uh, uh, usually the, there is a certain, uh, you know, the, the, the first few months are, are, are not the most effective from a revenue standpoint. Uh, usually, we see the impact of, of new territory manager uh, happening more after, uh, let's say, one quarter of uh, of training and developing relationship with the hospital or, or just, uh, re-engaging their, the, the contact those uh, territory managers may have. So, uh, in, in that context, uh, that we are continuing to hire, uh, and you will see uh, revenues from from those hiring, uh, mostly starting in, in Q3 and mostly in Q4. Okay,
7: understood. And what's the and- incremental? expense on the sales and marketing line for those additional hires
1: Uh, you you mean
7: for the 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 full fiscal year yeah yeah, however it's best to describe it or on a quarterly basis I assume that we won't see the full expenses until Q4
4: exactly I mean it 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 will it it will follow uh, what I just said from a revenue standpoint, with maybe a uh, few months in, in advance. But uh, I mean, you uh, we had uh, 2.1 million dollar in, in sales and and, and marketing cap, and uh, you know you can expect uh, th- this amount to grow. Uh, let's say by uh, something like 2D uh, uh, to uh, 40% uh, uh, gradually over the year. Okay, that's helpful. And
7: then uh, just finally to clarify, the Health Canada response that could happen in Q2, and then the FDA response that could happen in
4: uh, Q3. Is that calendar this year? Yeah, well, okay, just to be that's a good question and we will be very clear. So, what we said about Health Canada is that since they, they went through our uh, files before uh, granting us the approval to do the 1st in man study. Uh, we have some hope where the, the review could be faster. So uh, in that context, uh, at the last uh, conference call, I was talking about uh, an approval somewhere uh, around May or June 2022. Uh, for U.S., uh, We do expect our plan for a few round of questions, which would lead us to uh, an approval somewhere in the September-October 2022 timeframe.
7: Very clear, and thanks for taking my questions.
1: Real pleasure, uh, Justin. Our next question comes from Scott McCauley with Paradigm Capital you may
8: go ahead morning gentlemen uh, thanks a lot for uh, for taking a question um, one thing we're kind of interested in is um, kind of expected catalysts or, or news flow kind of over the next six to nine months you know we have the savvy wire approval potentially you know late summer fall um, and expanding uh, the sales force but in kind of between quarters um, is there anything particularly that we should um, be looking for
4: to kind of keep interest up over the next six months? Sure. Uh, I mean, one thing that uh, we did not necessarily talk in, in, in detail uh, during this call, but uh, you know, Opsense uh, is deploying a strategy to uh, increase its market, market share in the US. And, and this strategy includes uh, developing some, some business with uh, purchasing group GPOs. So we already uh, have under signature uh, two significant contracts. Uh, We are in discussion for uh, uh, a certain number of new contracts. So uh, it would be reasonable to expect that uh, in the next uh, few months, options could uh, announce at least one new uh, major contract. Uh, In addition to this uh, uh, milestone, uh, you, you can expect to see, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, new contracts in the industrial business. You can expect also to, uh, uh, you, you could see some uh, publication uh, of data on, on some work that has been uh, discussed during the call. So uh, potentially some 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 clinical papers that would uh, uh, further support. Uh, the uh the, the, the savvy wire commercialization and, and i mean there is a absence uh, uh, as you know we we have a very interesting platform so there is you know uh, various opportunities that are in discussion right now it's difficult to uh, to share with you any any uh, timeline any 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 uh, schedule but uh, there is, uh, you know, various discussion that could lead to, uh, you know, positive development for options That would be value creating event for uh, shareholders. Absolutely, no, that's great, Louis. Thank you. Um,
8: one other question around kind of international um, submissions for Savvy Wire, either Japan or through Europe. Um, do you have a kind of estimated timeline for for
4: those? Well, uh, for uh, for uh, Europe, uh, EMEA, uh, you know, I'm confident that uh, this will be done. Uh, when we'll talk in our next conference call, it will be done. Okay, the uh, the, the, the file is very well advanced. There is different uh, consideration that are slightly different than uh, the requirements from uh, from the uh, FDA or Health Canada, uh, but but this should happen very. Uh, rapidly uh, for for Japan uh, let's say we uh, uh, I would prefer to withhold on this it, it should also happen uh, fairly rapidly. Uh, we've been in contact with the uh, uh, Japanese uh, government uh, uh, since many times so we we are progressing in, in that direction. but you know it, when we do a uh, step back just to uh, to to be very clear that Okay, uh, for the, the coronary artery disease uh, business, let's uh, say the, the market is very large in Japan, very large in Europe, and very large in, in North America. In the case of TAVR, the, the split is not exactly the same, where uh, clearly, I mean, US and Europe are, and Canada are key markets. Uh, Japan, uh, it's a market that will develop, but right now, it, it's not, uh, Let's say, as significant in terms of uh, representation of the, the worldwide uh, impact, uh, there is much more representation for Japan in the coronary artery disease than the, the TAVR opportunity.
8: That's great. That makes sense. Uh, and just lastly, um, I think you mentioned in some of the filings um, kind of restarting some uh, clinical trials or launching new clinical trials throughout the year. Um, that had been kind of put on pause by by COVID, or um, those kind of related to the Savvy Wire, um, kind of new data on OptoWire, or is there any kind of information you can share on on those kind of new clinical
4: trials? So uh, the the lines that you are referring in our document, we're talking about uh, different uh, uh, clinical activities that we do for the OptoWire. Uh, on the Savvy Wire. Uh, we have the opportunity right now to talk with uh, top champion leaders in the field, so we are further uh, defining uh, what we will do once we get the approval. So so right now, I would say uh, most of the clinical uh, dollars that are being spent are spent on, on the afterwater. That's great. Thank you very much for, for
1: taking the questions, and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then one. Our next question comes
2: from doug meme with r b c Capital Markets. You may go ahead
9: yeah good morning um My question just has to do with uh, the the procedures that you're monitoring right now or closely monitoring uh maybe uh Louis, you could just tell us if when you look at Uh, how those procedures are changing, would you say that outside a foreign exchange, let's leave that out, in the United States, would you be over or under-indexing relative to the 17% or so decline um, that we saw in that market today?
4: Can you precise a little bit your question? I'm not sure I understand well, Doug, uh, uh, your, your question.
9: Yeah. So you indicated that you're closely monitoring procedures that uh, are going on in the marketplace, let's say in cath labs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, with that information in your hands, would you say that you're doing uh, better or worse than sure. the declines you're
4: seeing in the cath labs from a revenue perspective? Sure, we, we we think we are doing better. So we, we think that, uh, and I mean just we were looking to existing customers that we uh, we have and and those customers have been ordering very uh, with with very stable and growing orders since uh, a good number of quarters and suddenly uh, i mean we 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 saw a decrease and and when we talk with them uh, it's not related to any uh, you know uh, on such section about uh, the, the product in general the feedback is incredibly positive about the up-water so so we think we are doing better than the market we are opening new uh, customers uh, the speed to open new customers could also have been better uh, I mean COVID is not helping us to install new monitors or to to have access to hospital uh, but in general I mean we Uh, there was a lot of effort that was done in improving the execution of the North American team and we feel that we are progressing well there. Okay, great.
9: Um, Second question just has to do with that panel that you described with uh, I believe that Dr. General was uh, running. Could you maybe walk us through what you felt were the top two or three points that came out of that? and the potential implications uh, for SavvyWire once it's introduced? Thank you. Uh,
4: yes, uh, interesting question, and uh, uh, Doug, you always ask questions that are uh, really appropriate, where we are not necessarily uh, uh, exactly prepared for that. But uh, in summary, what we learned is that, I mean, the the power market is moving towards, uh, you know, uh, patient that are let's say in a uh, moderate situation or less extreme than let's say, most of the the current uh, TAVR procedure, and, and because of that, it will be even more critical to uh, to make the right diagnosis, to, to to make the right call. So adding the right information is crucial. The second thing that we learned is that uh, I mean the, the trend around the minimally uh, invasive approach or uh, minimal tower where you try to reduce the number of equipment, reduce uh, the length of the procedure, reduce the stay at the hospital. All those things, it's it's what the hospitals are trying to achieve. And and the good thing is that we think that the Sally can can have a positive contribution On this, because uh, let's say it's, and and of course this remains to be uh, proven on top of the first-in-man study. But we think that if you use the saline water with all uh, the 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 functions, you can eliminate, uh, let's say, a pacing lead. So you can eliminate uh, equipment. You can eliminate access. So it means less. Uh, less time for the, the staff of the hospital, less risk for the patient, uh, some, some direct cost savings. Uh, you can save the uh, current guide wire that is being used to deliver the valve. And you can save you know, other steps where uh, after the valve implementation, you, the, the doctors are trying to understand if uh, the, the, the valve has been successfully deployed. And, and, and again, that's an area where the savvy water can contribute. So, uh, in summary, what we learned from, uh, you know, the uh, hemodynamic roundtable is that, uh, okay, all doctors may not have exactly the same approach, uh, the same, approach same uh, practice to execute their tavern, but uh, we were seeing for all of them, or, or they were seeing a value proposition for the savvy water in, in all of their cases. Okay,
1: that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Our next question comes from Nicholas Cordellucci with
2: M Partners. You may go ahead.
9: Hey, Louie and Robin, how's it going? Very well, and you, Nicholas? Hey. Great, thanks. Um, just a couple of questions for me. Um, firstly, I was wondering if you guys could provide some color on how the OptiWire is progressing Within your uh, existing GPO
7: contracts?
4: Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, What what we can say is that, uh, uh, let's say that there is approximately uh, 40% of our accounts in the US right now that are uh, under uh, GPO contracts. Uh, I mean, this is uh, obviously a a big figure, and, and we don't want to. Uh, to, to overstate that, been, you know, there was some that were options customers prior to our uh, GPO initiative, but uh, if, if we use uh, the, the growth that we got since we started this process, we were able to grow uh, the, the volume by 23% as an average.
9: Great. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, but then the other one for me, um on the Taver side, what are you guys doing to ramp up production in terms of manufacturing of the units?
4: Well we we are working on, on this uh, uh right now uh I mean the the approach and Absence has uh, has very good knowledge and experience with this. Uh if uh, if we come back, I mean the up to water uh we started this from, from scratch without any uh, manufacture, manufacturing infrastructure. Uh, today, uh, we can use all this knowledge and experience and place this in, in the salut water. So, uh, we uh, during the, you know, between today and the next uh, conference call, we will have started the regular manufacturing of the SALU the water in, in preparation for the launch. Uh, we already have done, I mean, multiple uh, batches of, of production, and, and so we are working internally on adding the right equipment to meet the, the demand from our customers. We are also working very closely uh, with our suppliers to make sure that uh, they, they get a, a good understanding of the, the, the capacity, the volume that we need uh, to ensure that, again, we will meet uh, customers' expectations.
9: Perfect. That's all for me. Thanks, guys. Congrats from
1: the quarter. Thank you very much. This concludes our question and answer session. I'd like to turn the
2: conference back over to management for any closing remarks.
4: Well, uh, you know, thanks to everyone for participating on, on today's call. Uh, we look forward to hopefully speaking with all of you again shortly. Thank you.
1: The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may
2: now disconnect.
0: If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration and Grammarly can help. And with Tone Suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot podcast. Easier said. Done.